A most blessed, blessed day today and a most blessed time with the Lord we all love. Thank God for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace and mercy. And God's people said, Amen. Today, I continue talking about how do we practice the presence of the Lord on a daily basis? Remember yesterday, I told you how you could experience God's presence yesterday, let's say, or a few days before, but there are no leftovers. So we begin daily, and we always begin in a dry land. So we have to plow the land all over again. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. To you belongs the glory. To you belongs the honor, the majesty, and the honor and glory forever. Amen. And God's people said, Amen. Remember, I showed you from the Word of God where in Matthew 7, verse 7, it gives us three realms of prayer. Ask, seek, and knock. Whenever you look at the first realm, this is where we begin daily. So let's say yesterday, you were in round three last night. You were in the Holy of Holies last night. You wake up in the morning, you're back in round one. You're back in the outer court, basically. So just like there are three realms in the tabernacle, three sections, outer court, holy place, holy of holies. We are always in a dry land when we begin in the outer court. And that's what Psalm 63 talks about. I showed that to you yesterday where David begins in a thirsty land. He says, Lord, I want to see your power and glory, but I'm in a thirsty land. That's where we all start. And then as we wait upon the Lord, this is how it all begins. We wait upon the Lord. Because without him, we cannot do it. We cannot find him. We cannot enter his presence. We don't, we don't even know how. We have to wait first. So they that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. You experienced the strength of the Lord yesterday when you were with him in his presence. Now you go to, to sleep and wake up, it's gone. You have to find it all over again for a new day. New day, new strength. New day, new bread. New day, new fellowship. That's just the way God is. There are no leftovers in the kingdom. And now the flesh must be conquered. Where is the flesh conquered? In the outer court. So Paul, one more time, even though you were with me and maybe you remember this, but in Corinthians, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, I'm going to continue today and finish, finish the teaching with you. But we've got to begin really here by conquering the flesh. It says, every man, verse 25, every man strives for the mastery. Has got to be what? Temperate or have self-control in all things. The world will do it for a corruptible crown, we incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, or fight, not as one who beats the air. I keep daily, I keep under my body, and I kept it, I keep it daily. I bring it daily into subjection, so I will not be a castaway. That happens when we wait upon the Lord. And when we wait upon the Lord, we also experience Psalm 42. I shared all this yesterday, but I'm going through it real fast for the sake of those 
who went out with me. In Psalm 42, verse 1, Now our desire returns with glory. My soul is, is thirsting for God, for the living God. And now David says, I will yet praise him. Why are you cast on all my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? I had a great time yesterday, but now I'm not, you know, finding it. But I will praise him. You have to plow the land all over again. I know this is not something that is easy to do, but we have to do it. You cannot have victories without plowing the land daily, daily, daily. Because our hearts become hard while we're sleeping. We can experience God yesterday in a glorious way. But today, new day to seek God, new day to practice His presence. In Isaiah 10, 12, sow to yourselves in righteousness today. Reap in mercy today. Break up your fellow ground. You cannot see righteousness or mercy. You can sow to yourself in righteousness or reap in mercy till you plow the land. Break up your uncultivated ground. It's time to seek the Lord and then He'll come and reign righteousness on you all over again. It's a daily walk, precious, precious people. And that is where God begins to set us free from the power of sin. Now, I've discussed all that yesterday with you, but I, I've, I've got to give you quickly uh, what it says in Psalm 39 about it. If you missed yesterday's teaching, please go back and listen to it. It really will help you, okay? Psalm 39, 7 and, and 8 says, And now, Lord, what am I waiting for? So you're waiting for the Lord, but what are you waiting for? You're waiting for Him. You're waiting for a person. My hope is in you. I'm waiting, Lord, for you. And as I'm waiting for you, not only am I plowing the land, not only am I putting my, my body under subjection so I don't lose you, also, Lord, I will be and I'm being delivered from my sin, from the power of sin. For David says in verse 7 and 8, Now, Lord, what am I waiting for? I'm waiting for you. My hope is in you. Deliver me from my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the foolish. That is what, what happens in the first round. The, the, the outer court is the place where I conquer the flesh, where I receive power over sin all over again. So it's the, it's the place of sacrifice, basically. In, in waiting... I sacrifice. In waiting, I'm beginning to be empowered all over again. My strength is being renewed. Now I'm able to control and subdue the flesh. And now the power of sin is back. It's working again in my life. Remember what I said yesterday. When you and I were saved, we were free from the penalty of sin. Waiting upon the Lord releases us from the power of sin. We become more than conquerors over the power of sin. When Jesus returns on that glorious day, we'll be free from the presence of sin. So even though we've been free from the penalty of sin, we become free from the power of sin as we wait upon the Lord. We'll be free from the presence of sin altogether when the Lord returns. So this is very clear in the Bible. And maybe I've said it too, too quickly for, for somebody, but really it's quite simple. When you got saved, the Lord set you free from the penalty of sin, meaning he will not punish you for the sins you committed prior to your salvation. You're free from the penalty. 
But now you have to move into sanctification, into a daily walk with God. And by waiting on Him, He'll give you power over the power of sin. His presence will help you overcome the power of sin. And now He renews you. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their, their strength. Now God gives you the power to overcome the flesh. 1 Corinthians 9, 25 through 27. And also now he gives you power over, over sin where it will not rule your life. Okay, now, the next thing that, that happens is God Almighty begins to show you is praise. Praise suddenly is quickened within you. Remember this about the Lord. He seeks to be sought. He longs to be longed for. And now praise erupts. Do you remember what I showed you in Psalm 40? Let's go back and look, look at it. In Psalm 40, and it's all there for us quite beautifully, by the way. So, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord. Okay, this is phase 1, outer court, dry land. He inclined to me, he heard me. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, sin out of that place where the mighty clay is. Then he set my feet upon a rock, established my going. And the next thing you read is verse 3. He hath put a new song in my mouth. Praise unto our God. Now you've moved from realm 1 to realm 2. The second a new song begins, which I talked about yesterday, that's when you're in the second realm already, basically. Because the second realm begins with a song. The second realm begins with praise. Outer court, sacrifice. Holy place, praise. It all begins with praise in the holy place. And when you enter into that holy place, your trust in the Lord comes back. Your trust is revived. That's why uh, David wrote, He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many will sit in fear and trust now in the Lord is a reality. So, I want to just go on from here because I showed that to you yesterday. And this is all happening in that second realm. I love it. Okay. Psalm 63, 8, it says what? It says, my soul follows hard after thee, but now your hand is holding me. Now, I didn't have time to share all this yesterday, but Psalm 63, verse 8 is the two realms in one verse. My soul is following hard after you, realm one. Your right hand upholds me, realm two. Isn't that beautiful? Wow. It's also simple in the Bible. When you see it, it's so clear when you break it down. All right. Now, let's just go on talking about this beautiful place of strength, that holy place. All right. Psalm 40. Jesus, I worship you. I worship you. And I'm going to read for you this amazing verse 11. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. When you enter into that holy place, it's a place of strength and protection. Withhold not your tender mercies from me, Lord. Now I begin to experience them in that holy place. Let your loving kindness and your truth preserve me in the holy place. 
because that holy place is a place of protection from the enemy. And this is where God Almighty restores your fellowship. And this is where we just read in Psalm 40. There's a song in verse 3. And now we go from there to the most beautiful place of all. Let's go to it. The Holy of Holies. Thank you, Lord. I want to talk about the Holy of Holies for the rest of the program. Because it, it just happened with this morning so beautifully. Verse 10 of Psalm 46. Be still and know I'm God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Wow. And in this Holy of Holies, oh, dear goodness. I don't know if I can describe this to you, but I want to read for you what the Bible says about it. Psalm 42, verse 7. It says, Deep calls unto deep, at the noise of thy water spouts, or waterfalls, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. This billows is uh, springs of water or a wave of God's presence goes over you. I don't know if this has happened uh, to you often, but it's, 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 it's been happening to me quite a bit lately. When I get into that realm and happen again today, my whole body becomes numb. I, I start feeling numbness as I'm in stillness, as I'm in worship. And a few days ago, my, 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 my hands became very heavy with this electric feeling. It happened this morning again. And I've always wondered, like, why am I feeling this physically? This has been happening to me for years, began in the 70s. But today I noticed that every time I pray now, when I'm quiet in the presence of God, after I make my request known in that outer court, after praise erupts, holy place, I enter into a place of quietness. Now, now I'm going to say something here. Not a place of waiting. That happens outer court. This is a place of stillness. There's a big difference between waiting and stillness. Stillness is not possible the presence of Jesus manifests. Okay. There are two reasons why people are quiet. They have nothing to say or too much to say. People are quiet when they have nothing to say. They become quiet when they are, they are so full they cannot say it. That's called stillness. Stillness is when you are so full you cannot talk. Waiting upon the Lord is the first realm. You're waiting because you really don't know what's going to happen to you. So you have to wait. That is difficult. Stillness is easy. Stillness, he's causing it. Waiting, that's your job. You just sit still and be quiet and let God begin to 
quicken you. But it all begins in outer court. It all begins in a, in a dry place, dry land. That's what we just read earlier. But stillness is in the Holy of Holies. Be still and know I'm God. You cannot know God in the outer court. You can't know him in depth in the holy place. You only know him in depth in the Holy of Holies. Now, maybe you've never seen it this way. It's taken me years to understand it. That stillness and quietness are not the same. Because waiting is mental. Quietness is mental. Stillness is spiritual. I don't know how else to say it, but that's just the way it is. And when you're still, your spirit man is still. And it brings the whole body into that place where the body is kind of disconnected from what's going on. And at that moment, you begin to feel, as I do, something on your body because now it's overpowered, basically. It's overpowered. It can't do a whole lot. And a few days ago, my hands became so electric, I couldn't even move them. Now, maybe that's never happened to you. It will as you get older in the, in the Lord. And that's what I think deep calls unto deep. That is spiritual, of course. But your waves and billows are gone over me. It even takes over the physical. That beautiful presence of God takes over the physical. And that's where the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime. And that's where the song of the Lord continues through the night. And my prayer unto the God of my life, meaning his fellowship, is endless now. But remember, tomorrow you got to start all over again. What, what happened to me today will not continue with me through the night. It'll, it'll take me. Then when I sleep, God says, okay now, Benny, when you wake up, it's a new day. You, you're back in the outer court. Because the whole place, you only spend only the time required in it. But then the body goes down to the valley. Uh, you, you can't live on the mountaintop. That is heaven. That's what, that will happen when the Lord returns. You will stay on the mountaintop. But today you have to go back to the valley. And that's where growth begins. That sort of happens in the valley. Growth happens only in the valley. Listen, listen to me. Growth happens in the valley. On the mountaintop, you're not growing. On the mountaintop, you are in a place of no change. The spiritual, it's a, a continual place of beauty and perfection. But God wants you to go down to the valley so you can't grow again because that's what the challenges of this life hit you. Moses had to leave the Holy of Holies and he had to face all the challenges out there. Jesus had to come down from the mountain of transfiguration. What did, what did he face in the valley? Well, you all remember. It's Matthew 17. We all have to go back to the valley because that's where we fight and grow. That's where we learn. And then God allows you every so often to go back to the mountaintop daily to taste his beauty and peace. And now you get new strength to win the war down there. That's what happens. And in that realm, 
like the psalmist said, a wave, a surge of power is there. That's where God commands his blessings. And I think this is what you and I experience Psalm 89, verse 15. We walk in the light of his countenance. Psalm 89, 15. I pray that this is really blessing you, but I'm talking today about the Holy of Holies. And maybe now you're putting some of the beautiful scriptures together. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. What is that joyful sound? Is it noise? Absolutely not. The joyful sound is the joy in his presence, fullness of joy in his presence. It's a sound. It's a spiritual sound. In the presence of the Lord is joy forevermore. And, and, and David calls it the joyful sound. And in that presence, we walk. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of your countenance. Thank you, Jesus. And I think this is where we walk in the Spirit. We begin walking in the, in the Spirit when we're in the Holy of Holies. And Paul says in Galatians 5.16, he says, Now, this I say, walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, all right, it happened to me this morning, right? Happens to you. All day long, you're really living holy. Because now you can. You've been on the mountaintop with the Lord. And it doesn't take long. It doesn't take, take long. I spent an hour and a half to two hours today. That's not long. But you want it. You want it. If you really want that kind of life, you're not going to have it in 15 minutes. That's impossible. If you don't have time for this, you don't have time to have power with God. Wake up earlier. Wake up earlier. Sometimes it takes me less time, yeah. But no, never less than an hour. Never less than an hour. If I want victory, it's, it's always over an hour with the Lord. Always. And I think that's why Jesus said, can you not tarry with me for an hour? I think that hour is key that's mentioned in the Gospels. Can you not tell with me an hour? He said, pray that you don't enter into temptations. He was asking the disciples for an hour with him, one hour with God. Yeah, we can do that. But do you really want victories? Do you want to live the whole day in the spirit? You've got to go over an hour. That's the price we pay. And I've chosen to pay it. And we walk in the light of God's reality. And this is really Psalm 91. That's where you live in Psalm 91. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide. Wow. And this is where the change happens. Where we're transformed into the image of the Lord. Did you hear what I said, sweet saint? The transformation doesn't happen in the valley. The transformation happens in the Holy of Holies. When you find the presence of Jesus and you're in there an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, because sometimes it's so precious, you don't, you, you don't want to walk out. You don't want to leave. And you may say, well, you're, you're Benihin. I have more problems than you. 
but I need to overcome so I can so I can I can I can overcome them. I'm not asking you to spend two hours with God a day. I wish you would. I wish you would. At least an hour, so you can have victory in your life. And especially that you can be transformed into His image. Second Corinthians three eighteen. We all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord uh, are changed into the same image from glory to glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want to say one more thing before I say bye. This is where intercessors are born. Intercessors are born in the Holy of Holies, not outside. And true intercession is not so noisy as they make it out there. I've heard people say, well, I have a ministry of intercession and, and all they do is scream. Well, that's not what I've learned from the Bible and the Lord. Intercession is that place of holiness, place of quietness before the Lord, where you are practicing His presence. And He gives you the burden to pray for people. It's not your burden. It's not your prayer. It's the prayer of the Spirit. Because we pray in the Spirit. Okay, lift your hands. Lord, bring us all there daily. Bring us all there daily into your wonderful Holy of Holies. For we are to come boldly, you said in your word, into your throne room. Thank you, Lord, for that. That we have the ability and the privilege to come into your most wonderful presence, to you with the praise, the glory, the honor. Lord, bless your people, I pray, with your presence daily, in the name of Jesus. God is healing some of you right now. The Lord is healing some of you right now. Receive his touch. Receive his touch today on your life, and on your body, in Jesus' wonderful name. And God's people said, Amen. Well, let me talk to you now. What you were listening to is our, our album called Wings of Worship. If you want it, you just can download it. Uh, just go to the app there, uh, the, your music app, and download Benihin Worship. It's all there. Thank you, Jesus, for your mercy. And God's people said a mighty amen. What a beautiful day we've had together. Please share this teaching with your friends, will you? And now let me talk to you about giving to God. Listen, listen, don't, don't leave me now. Don't shut me out because this, I pray, will really also bless and minister to you. Giving is an act of worship. Giving is truly worship. Every time we give of our finances, we're worshiping the Lord with our offering. It's not about money. It's about worship. It's about thanksgiving. It's about declaring our love to the Lord in other ways than just praise and singing to the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Giving is also that act of worship. So I'm going to ask you right now to worship the Lord with a seed, to worship the Lord with an offering. And we have amazing promises given to us when, when we do that. 
It says, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruits of your increase. So shall your barns be filled with plenty and your presses will burst out with new wine. Think about that when we honor the Lord. God is really big on honor. When we worship him, we honor him. When we praise him, we honor him. When we serve him, we honor him. When we pray, we honor him. When we read the word, we honor him. But we also honor him when we give him of our substance. So it says, honor the Lord with your substance and the first fruit of your increase. And then you're going to see the blessings of God come in the natural, come in the financial side of your life, where God will take care of you. You will not have to worry about tomorrow's finance or the economies of the world or all the problems out there you hear about in their financial worlds out there. Everyone is afraid of tomorrow. No, no, fear not. God says, I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. And you will not ever lack financially where when your trust is in the Lord. And every time you give, you prove yourself faithful. And a faithful man will abound with blessing financially. You can give right now on the platform you're watching me on, Father, bless them as they sow your, that seed for you. Increase it, multiply it, and bless them back with a harvest. In Jesus' name. You can sow on the platform you're watching me on right now. You can go to our website, benahin.org, and sow your seed. Or you can text BHM45777. Thank you, and tomorrow another beautiful teaching and a great day with you. Love you, bye-bye. Benningham Ministries has stayed on the cutting edge for the past five decades, making the move from analog television to digital broadcasts, HDTV, the internet, streaming live events, and social media. Today's fast-changing, bold new world brings an entirely new set of challenges. What we did in 1974 when this ministry began, or in 2000, or even 2022, will not be effective in 2023. And who knows what 2024 and beyond will bring. Benny Hinn's ministry has been at the forefront of each innovation that provides a better way of taking the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world more effectively and efficiently. Today, more than ever before, we stand on the edge of a bold new world. From the beginning, the Lord made it clear that keeping and storing all archives and resources should be a top priority. This is a new hour. This is the Joshua generation. Now I want to tell you something. The first thing God said to Moses is go down. The first thing he said to Joshua is arise. We're not a people who are going down. We're ones who are rising up. Even with controlled temperature storage facilities, time has been the enemy. Tape warping, decay, housing detachments, cracks, shredding, and breakdowns happen. Older tapes break, disintegrate, and require surgical type methods of restoration. Thus far, we've rescued and digitized 10,500 of the 13,437 tapes from the past half century. To God be the glory. A conservative estimate to finish this digitation process 
is a million dollars to restore the final 30% of these disintegrating tapes and move everything over to a much more permanent digital format. The project, already started, can be completed fairly quickly. Imagine, if you will, what could happen if all of our digitized material could be used to translate everything into every language on Earth. It is possible, even better, how exciting would it be to translate these materials using the same voice as originally spoken, yet in all of the different dialects around the world. Pastor Benny speaks several languages, but imagine if his teachings became available online with him speaking in Swahili, Mandarin, Portuguese, Belarusian, or Cherokee. This amazing AI tool will be useful around the world. Pastor Benny's legacy, life's work, calling, and anointing will be preserved for generations yet to come until the Lord returns. And with artificial intelligence tools that can translate all of the digitized materials into languages around the world, we can truly fulfill our Lord's great commission. Nearly 50 years ago, this great adventure known as Benny Hen Ministries began with one voice. Today, that one voice continues to be amplified over and over through every possible means. It's time to finish the job. What happens next will be the greatest blessing of all.